Good morning, everybody. Pastor Paul here. It is Thursday morning, March 11th, 2021. And hope you guys are doing well. Just want to forecast um, some scheduling logistical information for you. We are obviously doing this devotional today and we'll be doing it tomorrow, Friday, March 12th. And then next week for spring break week, we're taking the week off. And then we'll come back on Monday, the 22nd of March, I think it is, and jump back into our spot here in Exodus. It's also daylight savings time this Saturday night. So we're clearly between spring break, daylight savings time, and everything else, we're going to need a week to recover. But without further ado, this morning, we are going to be in Exodus chapter 20. Now, before we talk about what it is that we're going to talk about, I would love to do just a little pop quiz. And so if you have your Bibles open to Exodus 20, close them immediately, repent, um, because we're gonna have a little quiz, okay? And here's the quiz, and, and wherever you happen to be right now, you can either jot your answers down on the sheet of paper, or you can do it in your head or on your phone or what have you. But if I were to ask you to list the 10 commandments in order, okay? What would they be? Could you do it? Could I do it? So just give yourself a, a minute to think that through. Try to run through the commandments in your mind. Hey, not even in order. Can you just, can you, can you list 10 of them? All 10. Now, as you're thinking about that, um, my guess is that um, many of us or you, whatever the case happens to be, couldn't do that. Maybe you could generate three, four, five, or six, but certainly not all, certainly not in order. And before you hang your head in shame, please understand that this was the first exercise I did as part of uh, one of my seminary classes on Christian law and ethics. And the professor came in uh, the first day, told us to get out a sheet of paper to write down the Ten Commandments. I don't think any of us did it, could do it. And we were seminary students. We were training to be in the pastorate, for goodness sake. Maybe a couple of the brainiacs did, but so, so no need to hang your head in, in shame. Um, but it does sort of reveal, right, um, oftentimes our posture to the Old Testament and to the Old Testament law and the way that we can sort of think negatively about the Ten Commandments or, or we might say the prohibitions, the things that, that God has told us not to do lest we be naughty. And what I'm hopeful for us to see um, as we look at the Ten Commandments today and to tomorrow, we're going to take two days to do this, to, to sort of open your eyes to how they function in relationship to the life of the believer in, in between us and God. So with, uh, with that said, let me read our passage that we're going to be chewing on the next two days, Exodus 20, 1 through 21. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You, do not, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall, not com you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. And they stood far off and said to Moses, You shall speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. The first thing I, I want us to note um, is the is the whole is the broader context here, right? The people of Israel have come out of Egypt, gone to Mount Sinai to worship God. And this is remember we said this yesterday. It's not a worship service. This is not just a spiritual experience. This is a this is the metaphorical language for this idea that God is calling the people out of Egypt. They were the possession of Egypt. And now he's calling them into relationship, covenant relationship with him. They are to be his people. And as part of this covenant, there is an oath taking, okay? And we see this all throughout the Old Testament, um, that, that in, 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 a, in a mutual oath-keeping sort of ceremony, both, both parties are making a promise, a commitment, a covenant sealed in blood, um, that they will fulfill the conditions of the covenant. And so this is how the Ten Commandments are to function. They are to, they're to embody the people's responsibility to God um, in response to God saving them. And, and that's an important piece, okay? This is not a one-way covenant. It's not as if, well, Israel or Christian, if you do follow these Ten Commandments, you'll live, okay? Um, you know, sort of yes or no. The reality, as we're going to see, is that the whole covenant here in our covenant with Jesus is bathed in God's sovereign grace. So, so look at these first, these first verses, okay? Verse 2 frames the whole thing. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In other words, before God directs and gives commandments to them, instructions to them, he's reminding them that it was he who acted first in their lives. It was, it was he, Yahweh, who revealed himself to Israel. It was he, Yahweh, who brought them out of the land of Egypt. It was he, Yahweh, who freed them from the house of slavery. So in other words, God, um, the covenant-seeking, keeping God, is the one who initiated relationship with the Israelites. Remember, they were just languishing in Egypt for 400 years. And God sent Moses, approached them, and said, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going, to, um, I'm going to, to bring you out of that bondage of, of slavery. And, and th that's 
that's always the cornerstone of any kind of obedience or law keeping, right? It's a response to God's grace. It's framed in God's grace. And here, um, we think about this idea that it is only because God saved them that the Israelites are in, re, are in a position to respond to God out of the obedience of their hearts. Now, we may say, well, but they had no, they had no hope of keeping these commandments. In fact, we're going to see over and over they failed these commandments. But that's the whole point, okay? So, so look back down at the text. Look at verses 18 through 20. Now, when the pe- all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off. They got it. Um, they were hopeless in the face of this holy God. Um, and they, then they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let the Lord speak to us, lest we die. So, in other words, the Israelites heard this these commandments being given they could not even bear because to, to hear them because of their own frailty sinfulness the majesty and holiness of god they say moses you you intercede for us which is a natural good response but listen to what moses says in verse 20 moses said to the people do not fear for god has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin so in other words I know you're frail, Israelites. I know you're frail, um, unable to obey the law in its holiness and perfection. Um, But that's why I am here. Um, I've initiated my covenant with you because of grace. I have, I'm going to sustain you in my covenant by grace. And, And that's the beauty of the covenant that God makes with us, right? And of course, as we said last yesterday, um, this is all a precursor to the covenant relationship that God makes with us in Christ. And we see the same thing, right? God sent Jesus to deliver us out of sin and slavery. Um, and then he has given us these commands, these, um, these rules in which to abide by our covenant with God, knowing that we're going to fail in them, knowing that we're failing in them right now, some of us, right? And we'll certainly fail today. But God tells us, do not fear, okay? Do not fear. I'm the covenant-keeping God. I keep my covenant with you even when you fail in your covenant with me. So the whole section is bathed in grace. Now, this does not mean that these commandments don't actually mean something to us or that they're not important. Now, we're going to talk more specifically about this tomorrow, but let, let me kind of frame the commandments themselves to help us start thinking between now and then um, how they're to function in the life of the believer. So, so historically, um, there seems to have been, and we see this, two tables, okay, um, that these Ten Commandments were written on by the finger of God. Table one, table two. And we believe that table one contained the commandments one through four, and that table two, or tablet two, okay, these obviously are very big, um, contained commandments five through ten now now why were they divided up in that way well because commandments one one through four you'll see all relate to our relationship to god okay and those are foundational those are primary those are of first importance tables five through ten all deal with our relationship to other people okay and they flow out of our relationship with god 
Now, lest we think that this does not have binding um, application to us, remember um, when they came, when Jesus said, what are, what are the great, what's the greatest commandment? Remember, he asked the man to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. What is Jesus saying there? Jesus is summarizing the entire Ten Commandments. He, he's summarizing the entire moral law. And he's saying that even under the New Covenant, okay, we are still bound by these commands to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourself. And if we're wanting to know what does that look like, okay, we have the Ten Commandments, right? Um, and, and as we're going to see tomorrow, all of the Ten Commandments rightly interpreted encompass the whole of Christian life, okay? Now, certainly they are fulfilled in Christ. Certainly they're a pointer to Christ, okay? But, but they are also a binding part of our reality as we... Um, function as new covenant believers. Um, in fact, we're going, we're going to see that every single one of the Ten Commandments is referenced in the New Testament as something that is binding for the Christian. Now, they may not be applied in exactly the same way, right, okay, um, as they were under the Old Covenant. For example, the Sabbath day, we'll talk about that. We've, in fact, we've already talked about that. But it's still a principle embodied in the person and work of Christ, okay? And so, so the question is not are these binding. The question is how are they binding? What does that look like in the life of the believer? But, but what we need to know for today, this morning, is that the Ten Commandments themselves are God's gracious instruction to us in response to his gracious intervention and salvation in our lives, both before we know him we need his grace. While we know him, we need his grace. And that that they are the embodiment of the sum of what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. So between now and tomorrow, encourage you, familiarize yourself with these Ten Commandments again. Um, um, look at them both positively and negatively, meaning, meaning what do they affirm? Um, what did they prohibit? How is how how does Jesus, okay? If you want to take this a step further, um, how does Jesus speak of these commandments? How does what, what does he say they truly mean? And just a, just a, if you want to do a little homework between now and then, read the Sermon on the Mount, which in essence is Jesus's exposition, okay, of the Ten Commandments, okay. But that will have to wait till tomorrow. Let's pray. Lord, show us that your law is good. It is right. It is true. It is your loving, gracious kindness to us as you've called us to be in covenant relationship with you. And we ask now, Lord, you would write your law upon our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.